0: It's been a couple months since we first asked for listener questions and we've gotten hundreds so far and roughly half of them are on this one topic. Ooh, what's that? Well, it has to do with the decades-old association of what makes you a good environmentalist, Mm. and it's one of the first (laughs) things you learn about how to steward the planet. Do you have any guesses yet? Mm, I'm guessing recycling. Mm -hmm. yep. (laughs) One of the many people to ask about it is Tom Donaghy. He is a TV and film writer and producer. He lives in Silver Lake, and he says his dad taught him from an early age in the 70s about how to sort his recyclables. And despite recycling for a while, he still wonders.
1: If I'm going to recycle a jar of peanut butter, am I wasting water by washing out the peanut butter? <laughs> I want someone to do that calculus for me and tell me what I should be doing. Mm, yes. Well, you know, questions like this are based on this fear that if you do one action to help the environment, inevitably you are also doing another action that hurts the environment. And I think we all kind of have that that fear of like, oh, we think we're doing something good and then it turns out that, oh, it actually has some unintended negative consequence, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really a false dichotomy. It does not have that equal and opposite reaction sort of thing going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and it also kind of backs into this other more general question that we got a lot of, which is, are you really doing anything good for the environment, like you said, when you drop things into the recycling bin. Mm -hmm. And the answer to this one actually required a field trip to a recycling center. And the short answer is, yeah, it's worth it, but...
1: Only if you do it right.
0: From KCRW, this is the Anti-Dread Climate Podcast, your practical, personal guide to protecting the planet. I'm Kaylee Wells, KCRW's climate reporter.
1: And I'm Candace Hickens-Russell, environmental educator and CEO of Friends of the L.A. River. So you went to a recycling center.
0: I did. And I will say the news is better than I expected. It's a facility run by Waste Management, which is that giant waste hauler we know with the yellow Mm -hmm. and green WM WM. on the side Mm -hmm. of it. Yep. Uh, In fact, now they actually just go by WM. So this is the newest, shiniest WM facility in L.A. So I will say this is the best the company has to offer. Mm -hmm. But it was very cool. There was a sea of conveyor belts and fans and machines and robots and people that sorted all the stuff by material and then they bailed it into these giant cubes to sell off to companies that'll turn it into new stuff. And there were garden hoses and bowling balls that <laughs> didn't make it but <laughs> still
1: bowling ball, isn't that funny bin. that was one it. of
0: the things they said was the biggest thing that they can't recycle they get a lot of bowling, bowling balls. balls yes okay I, right. I i don't know okay but still mm-hmm. the vast majority of the stuff that came in they were able to take
1: okay well that that is good but let's get back to tom's question does he actually have to wash out the peanut butter jar in order to recycle it
0: Yes. W.M. says yes, but he doesn't need to knock himself out. I asked Mike Hammer. He's W.M.'s Southern California president.
1: Don't spend a gallon of water to rinse a jar.
0: Mm.
1: Send it in the way it is. It's okay; We can handle it. Don't go overboard and and do something so much that you're having a negative environmental impact Mm. to try and do something good. Yeah. Well and I do want to push back just a little bit on this idea. Like Tom says, is he going to be wasting water when he rinses out the jar so it can be recycled? I, I don't think that using water to make something recyclable is a waste of water. There are mm. there are lots of ways to waste water. People are wasting water all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's no shortage of waste to waste water. But I don't consider that to be one of them.
0: Yeah. Although there are also ways to not use any water. Um, For example, I put my peanut butter jar on the ground and within five minutes, my dog (laughs) has made sure that it's
1: sparkling clean. I love that. That's a perfect solution. Yeah. Okay. So you went to the recycling center. Does this stuff get turned into new stuff? For so long, we've shipped our waste to other countries. It's sat around in landfills. Um, we've all seen the photos of, of children and waist-high plastics. We all know yeah. about the North Pacific Gyre, um, or the five gyres actually around the world where there's just trash churning. Um, I'm, I'm curious about that.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And that's especially true with plastic. Um, and we'll do a whole other episode about plastics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at this recycling facility, actually, the majority of the stuff that was coming through here was cardboard.
1: Oh, that's interesting. But, you know, maybe not surprising considering all the packages uh, me and my neighbors seem to be getting. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: That's what they, they refer to it as the Amazon effect okay. at the
1: facility. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, but maybe I can surprise you with this stat. They estimate that about three quarters of the stuff that arrives at the facility, even with people putting in garden hoses and bowling balls, three quarters of it does get bailed and shipped off for a second life. Mm. And sometimes that's old beer cans going back to a local company to get made into new beer cans. Sometimes it's cardboard that held all our Amazon deliveries (laughs) and it's going back on the boat to China to turn into new Amazon delivery boxes, but still three quarters of the stuff getting diverted. Wow,
1: that is surprising. I'm an environmental educator and I've spent the last 20 years especially working in waste management recycling and teaching. Uh, We had a mandate to teach 120,000 kids a year in L.A. County about recycling specifically. And that was was not a, a fun conversation because we had to explain to the children that no this idea that this little bottle that you put in or this little it didn't get made into this other thing that you have just the way that they kind of were imagining it there's a lot of like like kind of imagery and imagination that goes with recycling That I think children had and we had to, and and these are, of course, like middle and high school kids that we were working with, Mm -hmm. but we had to just explain a lot of that gets shipped to other countries. A lot of it gets um, just kind of sitting in the landfill and the percentage of what was actually being recycled and turned into something else was quite low. So this is actually really good news.
0: I will say, though, like a lot of it really is getting diverted. And when I say diverted, I mean, it's not going to landfill. It's going to somewhere else. Like, even if we don't know exactly where it goes... If you don't put it in the blue bin, you don't even give those recyclables a chance Mm -hmm. at getting diverted from the landfill. And chances are not nearly as high as they once were that they're going to China Mm -hmm. because, as you've heard, China doesn't take all of our stuff like they used to. But we're actually handling a lot more of this stuff in the U.S.
1: Glass domestic, uh, aluminum domestic, the metals for the most part, uh, all domestic.
0: So the U.S. is handling a lot of your recyclables anyway and handling more than they used to in some cases because we have these policies that force companies to include some recyclable material in the stuff that they made and more of those policies than we used to have. So the rugs in the classrooms of the children that Mm, you taught, mm -hmm. for example, maybe when you were teaching them, they might not have had as many pieces of shredded plastic in it as it would today. So even if China has stopped taking plastic stuff it's still worth the effort to sort your stuff and give it a good shot at avoiding the landfill.
1: Great. So recycling is worth it if you do it right. And it's not a waste of water to make sure recyclables are clean enough to actually be recycled. But that's also just one of the recycling questions that we get about how to recycle properly. So what did the folks at WM have to say about some of the other things and how to do that well?
0: Yeah, so I asked for their top tips or sort of the biggest problems that they seem to see. Mm. Number one... Don't put your recyclables in bags because the conveyor belts are flying by the sorters Mm, so quickly mm -hmm, that if they mm -hmm. just see a big bag go by, they will just pull it off the line and put it directly in the landfill. They don't have the time to open it up and sort through it. Um, So... That was actually pretty devastating for me because my whole childhood we bagged our recyclables, oh, wow. which is sort of <laughs> terrible to learn that there's like 20 years of things that uh, we did not successfully divert. But, yeah. you know, start now, mm-hmm. right? Make right a now, difference we're starting today. So, number 1, don't do what I once did and put your recyclables in bags. <laughs> number 2, even if the plastic bag says it's recyclable like those takeout bags, right. those flimsy ones, yes. Don't put it in your single no, string no, no, recycling no. Yes,
1: that, that I've heard that too. It jams up their machinery, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We get so many questions about really specific things. Can I recycle the Amazon mailer or my child's old car seat or Ziploc bags? The best way to find out the answer to those questions is to look to your local waste hauler. Go to their website, check out what they have. It's listed there. Every single one of them is different. Every city is different. There are some cities that you can recycle, polystyrene, styrofoam, some cities you can't. So the only way you're going to know that is if you go to the website and actually look and see what your city will take.
0: Yeah, exactly. Most most will take like the plastics with the numbers 1 and 2 on them. But like you said, some will take other numbers. It really does depend. And I'm actually pretty frequently surprised, pleasantly surprised, by how clear those city websites are are about Mm -hmm. the recyclables that they'll take. Yeah, they'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. And we will put a list together of some of the biggest waste haulers on our website and link to each of their policies.
1: Time for takeaways. Okay. Tom, yes. Recycling the peanut butter jar and all your other recyclables is worth it. Rinse the big stuff out, but it doesn't need to sparkle.
0: Also, don't bag your recyclables and don't (laughs) throw those flimsy plastic bags in the bin either.
1: And check in with your local city to make sure you're throwing the right stuff in your recycling bin.
0: Okay, so I think we did it. What is the good news this week?
1: The good news this week is about the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. It's a stadium that has a capacity to seat 77,000 people, and it's going to be used for the Olympics in 2028. Over the past seven years, the green team there has developed one of the top zero-waste recycling programs in the world. Oh, uh, during the 2022 football season, the zero waste program averaged 91.7% diversion rate, uh, preventing 66 tons of waste from entering the landfill. Whoa, That's that
0: blows my mind. Yeah. That's a really, really big percentage. I didn't even know we were capable of something like that. I
1: didn't either. It's fantastic news. That's it this week on the Anti-Dread Climate Podcast. If you haven't, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. We've got a newsletter that will have our advice every week. The place to subscribe to that or to ask us a question is at kcrw.com slash climate. Next week, we've got an episode that will help you figure out what actions will make the biggest difference. My question is, what are the
0: top five things an individual can do to make the biggest impact to help
1: solve climate change? I'm Candace Dickens-Russell, CEO at Friends of the L.A. River and Environmental Educator.
0: I'm Kaylee Wells, climate reporter at KCRW.
1: Our executive producer is Sonia Geis. Our production assistant is Celine Miniola. Technical director is John Meek. Music by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. The Anti-Dread Climate Podcast is a KCRW production.